So a Buddha field and those creating a Buddha field are not to be seen as a substantial thing. Buddha fields are insubstantial, alive, vibrant, empty, like everything else. And in the descriptions of Pure Lands in Mahayana Sutras, these incredible passages sometimes, they're kind of dreamlike, visionary. The ground is flat and made of lapis lazuli. There's gold cords crisscrossing that lapis lazuli ground. The trees are made of jewels. Uh, Everything is made up of different colours. Everything is luminous, transparent and beautiful. You can't uh, grasp it and settle down uh, into it. It's all really fluid and alive. You find this in Mahayana Sutras when uh, the world is sometimes transfigured and beautiful flowers kind of rain down from the sky. But they pass away. You can't sort of grasp them and get hold of them. So the great message here in uh, the harmonies of Bitterfields, the harmonies of Bitterfields are indeed no harmonies. The great message for us is that those of us involved in creating environments for Dharma faring, we have to recognise that they pass, they change, they transform. We might care very deeply about it all, care very deeply about these environments, but we also know that they will pass, that they are already changing. So we put ourselves into building the Buddha field, but we have to remove the tight grip of egotism. And this is a great challenge. This is the great sort of Bodhisattva koan of of, of, uh, the great uh, conundrum, if you like, of caring very deeply about what you're involved with and really building things for the benefit of others and, and, and taking it incredibly seriously. At the same time, sitting light to it, sitting loose to it, because it's empty, it's insubstantial, it will pass. Uh, Padmaloka, the lotus world, is, that's the name of a pure land. In fact, uh, it's the name of, one of the names of Padmasambhava's pure land, the realm of the lotus. Uh, Bhante named it himself, uh, he named it Padmaloka, uh, to reflect the pure land of Padmasambhava. Uh, what we're trying to create here in this uh, you know, ordinary world, so to speak, is an environment fully supportive of dharmacharya, of dharma-faring. But Padmaloka is not a permanent thing. Over the years, Padmaloka has undergone many transformations. And of course, that will continue. Those transformations will go on. And one day, it will pass away. This shrine room will be dust. Uh, That is what happens, or we'll just sort of sink into the mud. It will pass away. But in a sense, the real Padmaloka never passes away. It never passes away. The real Padmaloka. Padmaloka is uh, seeing things as they are, the pure Buddha field. That never, in fact, passes away. That ungraspable Buddha field never passes away. Because you take the pure land when you really see that uh, the harmonies of Buddha fields as no harmonies, 
You take the pure land wherever you are. Harquin says, this very, lo- this very place, the lotus paradise, this very body, the Buddha. So if you're practicing a dharmacharya, you, yes, want to build environments that are really good for practice. But when you're in the really difficult environments that are ugly and horrible, you can get glimpses. You're looking for glimpses of the pure land, of the Buddha field. I remember, I'm going to read something that I've read a number of times before, but uh, partly just to stay in touch with this. I remember when I lived in India, when I was first there, living in Bombay, which is uh, a very, very uh, difficult city to live in, I can, I can tell you. It's very uh, ugly, dirty, polluted, uh, run-down, uh, very, very difficult city to live in, but at the same time incredibly vibrant and alive. Uh, I you know, did find it quite hard, but I was also extraordinarily in- inspired because... Uh, I saw things in that environment that just transfigured uh, the experience of it. So at that time I was reading a lot of Rumi and uh, I wrote this poem called Rumi in Bombay. Try to, I guess, imagine how Rumi would see Bombay. We have seen you, beloved, in the amber sun, climbing through the smog haze of morning. Seen you in a scarlet hibiscus trembling by the railway, seen you in swallows, dancing in the pink air of evening above crumbling ochre tenements. And we have seen you at night by an open sewer in the wide jet eyes of the slum child, grubby hands folded in prayer. We have seen you, beloved. You make even this wilderness Touch paradise. 